a big howdy and welcome to another edition of living an ultra life i say howdy because my beautiful awesome forever girlfriend and i are going to be preparing to head back to sheridan wyoming for a little vacation in june and so i got to practice my howdies again because we're going out west Anyway, I'm really, really glad to be talking to you again this week, and this week I'm going to talk about active recovery and the way it leads to better running performance. So I know a lot of you probably are coming off your your first big race or big fitness workout, and I thought I'd share some things I've learned after a string of injuries in 2017. I am not a coach. I am not a fitness expert. So please use the grocery store model here. You don't have to buy everything. Just take what you need, say a big, huge spasiba, and depart. These are just some things that I have learned, and I put them in an acronym because that's the way my brain works. This is how I have been able to recover better from a big run or a really hard workout. They work for me, and hopefully they'll work for you. So my acronym is SWEATS. I know, that's weird, but that's what works for me. I learned a lot of these things that are in SWEAT from a outfit out of Boulder, Colorado called Training Peaks. This is one of those sources of fitness and recovery that I go to a lot. There was an article that a lot of this stuff was drawn from called Ultra Marathon Recovery, Race Hard, Recover Harder. What I did was I took some thoughts out of that article, some things that I've learned since those injuries that I seem to have a lot of in 2017. And I mean, there were ankle injuries, lower leg injuries, feet injuries. I had a huge problem with my shoulders, if you can believe it, from running. All kinds of different injuries. And I didn't like having injuries because that kept me from one of the things that I love to do and that's running. So I developed sweats and sweat stands for stretching, water, eat, activate, treat, and sleep. And this is how I plan on continuing to run well into my golden years, which should start when I turn something like 100 or so. For those of you who follow me in the in the crazy miles I run, you'll see that on the weekend of April 24th, I ran a 24-hour race that got kind of cut short due to rain, very bad over-preparedness by me, and the health of my crew at about 54 miles. It wasn't what I wanted to run. It's what I got. I followed that effort up with a recovery week of about 54 miles. That's just kind of an indication that you can recover well actively. I watched a lot of the people who ran the 24-hour race spend time off during that same week where I was running 54 miles, recovering from injuries and running very, very, very few miles. I'm not saying that you got to go run 54 miles in the week after you run 54 miles, but I am saying that sweat is what keeps me running and not getting injured. I have not had a running injury since 2018 was my last running injury that put me down for a couple weeks. 
So let's launch into sweats because I know you all want to learn about sweats. This has really become one of my favorite acronyms out there, and it's what keeps this back-of-the-pack runner out there running long distances for long times. So anyway, stretch. I like yoga, not because of the Eastern mysticism that surrounds it, but because it's a very gentle way to stretch sore muscles. I ran a eight-hour race back earlier in the winter. The evening after my race, I spent the time in my hotel room drinking tons of water and stretching various muscle groups on and off throughout the night before I went to sleep. My group of stretches has come from several articles I've read through the years. What I do is immediately after a hard run or a race or just any type of hard effort, I'll begin doing these stretches. A lot of them are things that I learned in a yoga class I took at the YMCA with Brenda Jacobs, one of the strongest runners out of the Sheridan County area I've ever known. It was this very active yoga class that was really about finding ways to make sure your muscles got stretched so that they were not continually tight. I will do these often during the week that I'm recovering from a really hard effort. My coworkers probably get amused when they see me performing the downward dog, the kneeling hip flexor, or the child's pose at work. But quite frankly, as a nearing 60-year-old runner, doing these stretches isn't really an option anymore. So stretches, find the ones that work for your body, find the ones that, that suit you, and stretch, 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 stretch. The second part of the acronym is water. I say water your body like your life depends on it because it does. I was doing some research on hydration for recovery and I found very little information that wasn't an advertisement for some miracle recovery drink. And I'm like, you know, God gave us water, use it. So for me, I treat my body just like a plant or a crop that I want to thrive and not just survive. In other words, I water my body like crazy. I do like after a hard runner race, a little small amount of chocolate milk or coconut water. Those are two things that tend to help you recover quicker. But then I just start drinking water. So I kind of have a little goal with water. For every thousand calories I burn during the run or the race, I try to drink four eight ounce cups of water. So like I'd burn 5,500 calories, my goal was to drink 20 cups of water, 28 ounce cups of water. So I like to combine my purified water, because I'm a water snob, my wife made me that way, with a carbonated water, that's personal choice, but I do that because I like a nice burp every once in a while because it seems to help with cramping issues. There's no known professional studies to support that, it's what works for me. Now we've covered stretching and water, let's move on to eating. I never really thought about eating. You know, I, I just sort of eat. I, I never thought about what you put in your body until I started researching some things about eating the proper foods after a really, really hard workout. You don't have to be like me, but I fantasize about food during a hard run or a race. My wife has learned to just smile when I, when I announce that I want apple pie with bacon on top or a cheeseburger with grilled onions and chocolate ice cream on top. She knows that, you know, just humor me, move on, cook whatever you're going to cook. 
a lot of my nutritional knowledge comes from a Phil Mosley article on Training Peaks called Master Athletes Eat This to Recover. Until I really began to want to improve my performances, I never paid attention to what I ate. I just ate it. Now I study it. So in this article, it talks about protein and foods high in antioxidants should become your trusted source of better recovery, which naturally leads to better performance. So this article gives the comparison of 0.3 to 0.6 grams of protein for every kilogram of weight. I use 0.5 grams for every kilogram for recovery as I found this works best for me. Some antioxidants that will help you to recover better are blueberries, dark green vegetables, nuts, and fish. If you just Google blueberry and cherry juice smoothie, you will find that that is a really cool drink, very high in antioxidants, which will help you to recover quicker. Find what works for you and eat nutritionally for better recovery and improved performance. So now this next one is something that you wouldn't think about, but it's activating different muscle groups. So we've stretched, we've watered, we've ate, and now we're going to activate some different muscle groups. When you run for long periods of time, the same muscle groups are taking a pounding. This is why you need to activate some different muscle groups from recovering from a hard run or a race. Now, I have found three activation exercises that I focus on to aid in the recovery process. They're the camel, the scapular wall hold, and the glute bridge. So these exercises are examples of how to activate different muscles than the ones used during the run. So I'm just going to describe these, okay? So the cat camel exercise... Basically, what you're doing is you're getting your hands and your knees on the ground on all fours, if you can picture it. And what you're going to do is you're going to bring your head down and you're going to bring your tailbone in. And then you're going to arch through your spine upwards to mimic a camel hump. That's called the camel. As you're doing this, you take a big breath all at the same time and then blow it out. All right, and then you're going to sink your back towards the floor while lifting your head and you're going to tuck your tailbone out to make a curve with your spine while taking a big breath out. That's the cat camel. Scapular wall hold is one of those ones that I don't think a lot of people actually think about, but as Americans and in really throughout the world, we sit way too much. All right, I have a standing desk mainly because I don't want to sit so much. We really mess our muscles up by going out and doing a hard run and then sinking into the chair. And now all of a sudden our muscles get all cramped up in our backs and our shoulders and our hips. All right. So the scapular wall hold is going to help that. Your neck and shoulder pain is what causes a lot of people to not live an ultra life because they just got this pain in there and they're just not living the way that they should be living or the way that you want to live. So the scapular wall hold helps to activate your lower traps and the big muscles of your back. Stand with your back to the wall. Now step a couple inches away and bend your arms to 90 degrees. I'm doing it as I'm talking about it. Keep your elbows by your side and then drive your elbows back toward the wall without shrugging your shoulders as you do this. With your elbows back, 
Now lean into the wall so that your elbows are touching. Relax your head back instead of tucking your chin. Pinch your shoulder blades down and back while keeping your core tight as you lean into the wall. Squeeze your glutes and don't arch your lower back. Press your chest out so you can feel this move low between your shoulder blades. As you breathe out, say thanks, Mike, and go live an ultra life. The last one is the glute bridge, and I, I really like this one a lot. We have three gluteal muscles that I never knew about because I never studied science, but they're called the maximus, the medius, and the minimus, and no, they are not related to the men of a certain Greek tragedy. These muscles are really important to hip flexibility and movement. So lie down on the floor with your knees bent and your feet flat on the ground. Keep your arms at your side with your palms down. Lift your hips off the ground until your knees, hips, and shoulder blades form a straight line. Squeeze your glutes hard and keep your abs drawn in so you don't overextend your back. Hold this bridged position for a couple of seconds before easing back down. Don't slam, just ease back down. And then aim for two shots of 10 bridges at least two to three times a week. That's it for activate different muscle groups. By activating these muscle groups, you'll be able to recover a lot better. It works for this old, slow, back-of-the-pack runner, and so I'm sure it's going to work for you too. So the next one is treat your body like it's special. You know, we people who do extreme sports, we tend to really damage our bodies and then we don't then we just jump into work life or we just jump into whatever we're doing and we don't think about the damage we're doing to our body so the t in sweats is to treat your body like it's special one of the things i do is i like to schedule a massage shortly after a hard run or race a massage not a relaxed massage. I mean a muscle massage where you challenge your massage therapist to get in there and dig those muscles and, and just loosen them up because your muscles get tight when you're working out hard. What happens after a massage is, man, I just feel a lot looser. I feel stronger. I feel much better after a massage. Runner's World actually had an article back in 2013. That's the Stone Age for some of you. But it was called Benefits of Massage for Runners. And I think this should convince you that it's a necessary budget item for better recovery and performance. Massage has helped improve my circulatory system's effectiveness. And I treat my body special by ensuring that this is something that I don't scrimp on. All right, so the last part of sweats is sleep. Sleep your way to better running performance. You might recognize that in a recent podcast. I'm a horrible sleeper. I always feel like I'm missing something when I sleep, so I toss and turn and I wake up a lot. So this is an area I actually have to work on more than most people to get the full benefits from sleep. Most of what I've learned about the importance of sleep comes from a Trail Runner magazine article called Sleep, the Low-Hanging Fruit of Recovery. And this is, this is one of those articles that helped to stress for me the importance of sleep, not only for recovery, but also for, for optimum performance. So there was a sentence in this article that really caught my eye when I first read it. 
and it was our training schedules include low volume weeks and recovery runs for this purpose, but sleep is the body's ultimate rebuilding process. The tips at the end of the article should be written on every runner's arm to remind them what is needed to recover better and run more efficiently. Little things like avoid caffeine after 2 p.m. Even chocolate has caffeine in it. That may seem extreme to you, but so is running 100 miles. Avoid high stress activity. There's nothing more relaxing than getting on Medium and reading a few articles in the evening. Look for Michael Horner on Medium and just read those articles. They're worth reading and it'll help to relax you. Don't wait until hopping into bed to think about sleeping. Start preparing well in advance and sleep will come quicker and way more restful. And my all-time favorite that my wife hates, cool your house down. Even during the winter, try and unbury yourself from too many covers and keep your core temperature down. The better you keep your core temperature down, the better you're going to sleep. It's just a proven fact. Our Ukrainian son took this to the extreme and Anatoly sleeps up in the attic where he keeps the room at like 50 degrees. I'm not quite sure exactly what it is, but he keeps it extremely cold and his wife thinks he's nuts. I think he's nuts too. You don't have to go to that extreme, but keep the temperature down in your house. The whole thing of this is recover better, run better. My acronym of sweats may not work for you, but if you're serious about training hard and racing hard, come up with your own acronym that'll benefit you in the long run. Even if you're just starting to run or you just run to escape reality for a while, having a routine after your run will give you the discipline you need to keep a focus on physical activity as you age. You better, the better you learn this while you're young, the better you will feel as you grow older. This is how you live an ultra life. Living an ultra life is all about figuring out what it's going to take to live at your optimal best so that you can be the best version of you possible. That's what it's all about. So this one's been on that active recovery and sweats. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. That's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Take care.